0: Hey everybody, it's Chris Aiken from all the shows and wanted to share with you
1: one of my other passions other than music, that of course being coffee. Anybody that's listened to me knows that I love coffee and I have found another great brand, ladies and gentlemen, that you guys need to check out. Simply named, no gimmicks to it at all, it's just coffee brand coffee. It's fantastic coffee and I am not kidding you, They have everything that you would possibly want. Their coffee is excellent. I like the Roaster's Choice, but they have the pumpkin spice and all that other stuff, all the flavored stuff that you might like. Uh, They've got K-Cups for you. They've got cold brews. They offer tea. They've got cocoa. They literally have everything that you would want. So if you're looking for a great coffee, if you don't want to just settle for the crap that they sell you at the grocery store, this is another fine alternative coffee brand coffee just go to www.bit.ly slash cms coffee one more time bit.ly slash cms coffee and use the coupon code cmspn to save a little bit of money and you can get some of the best coffee that is available today so one more time it is coffee brand coffee we love it here at the classic metal show and you will too so get some today folks coffee brand coffee
2: It's Wasp right here on your classic metal show, doing a cover version of the Who Classic, The Real Me. And uh, Wasp is going out on their 40-year anniversary tour, and uh, they are coming here to the Chicago area um, in December, playing two shows, along with Armored Saint, so I've got tickets for that. Uh, Looking forward to two, two bands I love, Wasp and Armored Saint. I believe I am going to that show as well. Not the one in
1: Chicago, but the one here in Cleveland, my friend, um, my friend, Brian from the, um, talking into infinity podcast has asked me if I want to go. And since I'm obviously chatting with Mr. Lawless on Monday, I think I'm going to go. So,
2: all right. Well, uh, I know I've told this story on the show before, but, uh, when, wasp was out on their tour way back in 90 i think it was 99 they mm-hmm. were on their um it was the tour after uh kill fuck die
1: uh unholy terror
2: no it was i think Before it was that the great, it was like the greatest hits or tour i Hell think Eldorado or something yeah. no it was it was uh they were promoting that greatest hits the best of the best i think it was called best of the beast best of the beat was it was that best thing or was it I best think. or best
1: i don't know i know that i'm looking right now and it says that 99 was the helderado tour it might have been um, 2000, yeah, 2000. Heldorado tour 99 to 2000 unholy terror 2001
2: yeah they i i think that like greatest hits compilation came out but it could have been Heldorado. But, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to, uh, interview Blackie lot you know, in person mm-hmm. at the Odeon and, uh, it was all set up for me. So I had to go to the Odeon early and, uh, you remember the Odeon, it had the upstairs where the mm-hmm. dressing room, the green room, whatever you want to call it. Sure. And uh, I remember, you know, Blackie is a very intimidating guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you ever met him in person, but, yeah, uh. Yeah. But he's, he's a big guy. He's, he's like six, five, Mm -hmm. real tall guy, very intelligent. You know, he's, he's a very, very well-spoken, very well thought out, very intelligent guy. And since we were talking in the last segment about preparing for your interview, Mm -hmm. I I was, I gotta be honest with you. I was a little nervous, uh, being, uh, going face to face with Blackie. Okay. And so I thought I got to, I got to kind of do something a little bit different and unconventional. I don't want to be the Natalie's of the world and go, <laughs> oh, you just uh so you just, you know, uh, released Dorado. What was that like? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't want to be that guy. So I really took time to you know study up on Blackie himself because I was going to be with this guy face to face interviewing him and I wanted to be a little you to do a good job.
1: Yeah. You I wanted
2: to, want to, I, I want to be a little provocative. I wanted to come off intelligent. I wanted to uh you know I didn't want him to blow me off like some oh, another stupid guy interviewing me, you know. Mm-hmm. So so I came up with the idea that I'm not going to ask him anything about the album i'm not going to ask him anything about the tour i'm not going to ask him anything about music because blackie is a political guy sure and he does a lot of social commentary he's got a lot of thoughts on commentary and the hot subject at the time was remember the the, i think he played for the atlanta braves john rocker Mm -hmm. remember that that picture Yeah. yeah yeah And he was really controversial because he supposedly said some racist things, and he got in a lot of trouble. I remember that, right. and that was that was all the news. And sure. Blackie Blackie's a huge baseball fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he claims that uh, he was being dra- he had gotten drafted by the uh, New York Yankees or something, right? And uh, he often wore the New York Yankees pinstripe uh jerseys and shit like that. Right. So knowing that he liked baseball and knowing he liked sports and I knowing he liked social commentary and knowing that he liked political commentary uh and all this other stuff, I decided I was just gonna ask him questions on social political sports questions, this, that, and the other. Didn't even talk about music. Not even one question. Right. And so I was brought up to the dressing room at the Odeon and he told the, the road manager, whoever it was, uh, who brought me up there. He said, lock the door. I'm going to be with this guy for at least an hour. <laughs> nice. So I'm thinking, holy shit. So I'm sitting there with Blackie one-on-one, just he and I in this room. Right. And, and he, of course, he's just like sitting there. Okay. It's your time. Go you know? And so I got into some political stuff. I got into social stuff. I got into the whole John Rocker thing. I got into the freedom of speech stuff. I got into all that stuff. And we just had the best conversation ever. Sure. And I, and I thanked him for the interview after it was over and he goes, best interview I've had. (laughs) Nice. You know, he liked it. He loved it. The fact that I didn't just go. So what's it like singing fuck like a beast every night on the stage? You know, that kind of shit. Didn't ask him nothing. No, no music related questions at all. Right. You know, so a year later when, uh, dying for the world came out, I think it was dying for the world. Right. Uh, unholy terror was first. Yeah, and then... It might have been unholy dare or dying for the world. I it was one of those. It was yeah. like about a year later or so.
1: Yeah, unholy terror was April of two thousand one. Dying for the world was June of two thousand two.
2: Okay, so I'm thinking it might have been two thousand one. Okay, so he's doing press for that, so I get set up to do press for that. Now it's a pre-record, which you know I was doing this show on wstb mm-hmm. radio. and so i was going to record this thing to be played on the show the following day because i was record i was uh going to record it on friday and then i was going to replay it on saturday and uh so he called the house this was when you know he had the house phone <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah sure and and so he calls the house and hey this is blackie lawless and i said hey blackie how are you you know i don't know if you remember me or not but i interviewed you about a year ago at the odn and i told him who i was he goes oh yeah i know you and i go (laughs) yeah he goes he goes yeah that was a really good interview he says uh i understand you do a radio show and i go yeah it airs tomorrow it's live tomorrow he says, so why, why am I doing this pre-record? Why don't I just call in the show live tomorrow? I said, oh, "Okay." Hey. I said, that's up to you. And sure as shit, the guy called in live nice, uh, and did, did the interview live on the show on Saturday night. That's awesome. You know? So he remembered me because of that interview and, and I thought that was cool, you know? Yeah. So, so Blackie, uh, you know, you got to be on your game with Blackie, you know, to to not uh, sit there and come off like a fanboy and all that, and this and the other, and challenge him on a social and mm-hmm. you know uh, psychological or mental level. That's the kind of interview you got to you got to sure. have you got to have your game face on with Blackie because he's a yeah. he's, he's a sharp character.
1: Yeah. Well. I don't normally write questions, but I did write questions for this interview on Monday. Uh-huh. So, And kind of like you, I mean, there's really not anything musically to talk to him about other than, the, you know, touring the U S for the first time in forever. Yeah. You know, I'll ask him that. But other than that, I, my question, much like you, my questions are much, much more sociopolitical than, um, than just, Hey man, how's Doug Blair working out for you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I don't have any of that shit in my, yeah, sure. in my questions i have i have a nice arsenal of of uh let me see i'm looking here i have a nice arsenal of uh sociopolitical type stuff and you know kind of a couple of retrospectives you know what have you missed what what have you what haven't you accomplished that, you know, that kind of shit, because he's getting ready to retire. I think, I mean, I don't know that. I mean, I should ask him that too, if this is why he's doing this tours because he's getting ready to retire. But you know, if he is, what did he, what, what, what hasn't he
2: done that he wants to do? Is you know, and, and may, you know, I'm not trying to tell you what they ask in the interview, oh. but, but being that he hasn't done any press here in the U S in at least a decade, mm-hmm. Uh, you and I had had the discussion on the show that, uh, we thought that maybe he had suffered some kind of a physical issue or something, maybe Mm -hmm. a thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he made the decision that he wasn't going to play some of his music from the past, like fuck like a beast and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, are you going to ask him if he's become like a born again Christian or something? I have a form of that. Okay. I,
1: I, I was definitely going to ask him about Fuck Like a Beast, but I'm going to ask him. I don't care about his decision to it. I mean, my question will lead him to it. I'm going to ask him more about what he thought of the fan pushback because the fans want to hear that song. And I want to ask him if he thinks they're justified to be upset by him deciding to not play one of his signature songs for the fans. No.
2: Well, I, I understand that, but but there has to be some kind of a personal decision not to do that. And, and,
1: and I think he'll spill that. I think he'll spill that if I ask him, if I ask him about are the fans justified, he'll be like, well, this is why my mm-hmm. belief is, bup, 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 bup. and and we'll see. You know, okay. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what he's gonna, dude. You know me, man. I I I listen and react. I don't generally. Well, we both. I do. have a. Yeah, I have a list, but I probably won't ask two questions on it because, you know, with Blackie, it's an intelligent conversation that'll, you know, it'll, it'll go where it's going to go. I'll tell you the things I'm not going to ask him, though. So so strap in, kids, because you're not getting this from me. (laughs) I'm not going to ask him anything about Chris Holmes. Why would you? well, because everybody else is, everybody else right. is asking right. him. That's that's water under the bridge twenty years ago. Twenty years ago. That that means nothing, and you know the only person that seems to mean something to is Holmes, who's out there saying Blackie didn't call me when I got my went through my chemo. Well, no shit. You 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 haven't been in his employ in twenty years. You know, when's the last time you called your fucking old boss from when you were twenty years old and said, "Hey, man, how's your health?" You know. You know, it's, it's one of, I, I, I just don't have any interest in that. I
2: think think there's
1: enough, there's enough, my biggest question for him, and I don't know how I'm going to ask it, but it's just my biggest interest is he's been so, so active in writing stuff that deals with sociopolitical stuff Mm -hmm. since, since like neon gods forward, or really since almost really since after crimson idol. You know, he's really written us a lot of stuff that w- was based in real world, whether it was based in real world or based in his religious turn with like, um you know, with Babylon or Golgotha or, you know, those records. Mm-hmm. This is the most political time in, in his lifetime and he hasn't written about it musically. And I want to know if he has, and it's just not out there. If he, if he just, doesn't want to get be part of that fray. Why it is that in the most political time in in his lifetime he's chosen not to make a musical statement about it? Mm-hmm. Which to me, I, you know, I mean, it, doesn't that surprise you that he hasn't put out anything, not even a song?
2: You know, Blackie's a different guy, different character. Yeah. He's a he's a different uh, breed. Mm-hmm. I know that's the whole.
1: That's that's the whole thing. You're right, Stephen. In the in the chat, uh, I think he started the real world stuff with head headless children. That's exactly when he started. Mm-hmm. But he 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 did kind of try to go back to it with that god awful Hell Dorado. Right. That that album was terrible. But oof.
2: well, you know, the first time I encountered Blackie one on one was was during the KFD tour, and uh, you know I was hanging around at the Odeon. Uh, I went to that show and I was hanging around right. movie and after the show and Blackie came out and I had a couple of things, you know, wasp stuff that I wanted him to sign for me. And he just, mm-hmm. acted like, he was totally put out by it. Yeah. He did not want to deal with that shit. Exactly. He was just completely put out. He signed it, but boy, he acted like he was like totally put out. But then mm-hmm. the following year when I interviewed him one-on-one, then he and I became just like the best of friends. You know right, I, you know that was he went from total disgust and being put out one you know a year later, we we're like chatting it up like we knew each other forever, right <laughs> It's funny, mhm so but but yeah, he is a he is a big intimidating character though big big yeah. guy, big tall guy. I got a mm-hmm. couple of pictures where I'm standing next to him, and m- the top of my head basically comes up just above his shoulder,
1: sure. He's, he's one of them, you know, just on an, on an inner, there's only a few, I, I mean, I, I'll be, I'm not intimidated per se, but I, I mean, there's, there's, there's a few that if I'm interviewing them, I definitely make sure that I'm a little more prepared. Like, you know, as an example, or Oriante that I'm interviewing you know, right before Blackie I listened to the record twice. I'm good. (laughs) You know, I don't need to do much more than that. Just ask her some questions. You know, I mean, that's, I don't need to do some deep study of her. I read the bio. I listened to the record. Good to go. Mm -hmm. You know, same with Vinny Apicey on Friday. Well, dude, you've
2: talked to Vinny a million times.
1: And that's what I mean. I don't need to do any deep study to be ready for that. Blackie, definitely one of those guys that, I don't, want, I don't want to go into it, ha, ask a couple of stupid questions to where he starts going, mm-hmm, yep, yes, no, you know, I want to be ready. Jeff Tate's another one like that.
2: Yeah, well, of course, you want to engage them and, and yeah. pique their interest to get into a conversation mm-hmm.
1: with you. Yeah, and Tate's another one that's very smart. And if you ask Tate a dumb question, you're fucked.
2: Yep, he'll you're just like, just hey, okay, you're just another guy, you're just, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Tate will shut down in a heartbeat or, or, and,
1: it, and or that, he'll smash you
2: <laughs> Well, again. That's, that's why, that's why when I approached Blackie, when I had that chance, it mm-hmm. was important for me to, to hit a home run. Right. And he remembered me for it. So that, mm-hmm. that, that was, that to me was a personal, you know, a little victory as Chris would sure. say. That's right. That's awesome.
1: Dude. Or, well, while we're talking do you have something out more with Blackie or?
2: Yes, I do. Oh, go ahead. So since you kind of mentioned or your speculation is, uh-huh. is that, uh, you know, Blackie may be on the verge of retiring.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He may be on the verge of trying to cash out if this indeed is, you know, getting near the end for him. Mm hmm. Uh, Wasp announces that they are offering their first-ever VIP meet-and-greet packages on the upcoming U.S. leg of the 40-year Live World Tour. Mm -hmm. VIP meet-and-greet packages are available for all the states of the U.S. tour, including shows that are already sold out for show tickets. In addition to meeting Blackie Lawless and getting a personal photo with him, Fans will also be able to get a photo holding Blackie's original BC Rich Widow bass guitar, and get a photo standing next to Elvis Blackie's incredibly unique and one-of-a-kind microphone stand. Well, you, you remember, remember, remember the problems with this big microphone stand. This thing is this thing is mounted on these springs. It's like a motorcycle thing. And mm-hmm. he he gets on top of it and he he just rides around. On it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and
1: and like some of the stages were like caving in because it was too heavy or some shit. Yeah, wasn't they, like, that a
2: problem he had? It, it was a problem because the ceilings were too low, right? In the in the clubs and stuff where he was playing, and so he couldn't get up on his motorcycle stand microphone thing and do his you know act because <laughs> because it just was too tall, right? And plus it was heavy. It, it, was, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was like, I don't know. It was like a thousand pounds or something to move this goddamn thing. Right. So, so it was a problem for him to perform using that, that microphone stand thing that he, that he was using.
1: Right. <laughs> but
2: it, it was the weird, it was the weirdest thing though. It was kind of like a motorcycle on Springs and he's like holding on to the handlebars and rocking back and forth right (laughs) it was pretty weird man well apparently you can see that stand if you go to (laughs) that meet and greet exactly blackie lawless commented on offering uh, the vip tickets for the 40th anniversary tour and our first time ever we are offering vip meet and greet tickets for all of you who've wanted to have a genuine vip experience I'll be doing a photo with everyone who participates as well as several other special offerings that will make this a pretty interesting package. But the one thing that will separate our VIP experience from all the other VIP experiences, and honestly, the thing I'm looking forward to most is at the end of the photo and the autograph session, I want to do a sit-down question and answer session with all of you there. Wow. The only way I've ever wanted to do a VIP experience is to have a real time with with all of you, not only to answer whatever questions you've been wanting to ask me for however long, but it also gives me the chance to get to know you. Honestly, this was the only way I would agree to do this because I genuinely want to hear what you have to say. So get ready and get your questions ready. Get your bill folds out. I mean, uh, but be prepared. (laughs) It could work both ways because if you think you want to get inside my head, then I'm going to get inside yours.
1: Wow. There's going to be a lot of awkward moments on this. (laughs) Holy shit.
2: Right. So here's what the VIP experience includes. Mm -hmm. Exclusive VIP experience meet and greet with Blackie Lawless, a personal photo with Blackie, two personal items signed by Blackie, no guitars, no pick guards or instruments, signed VIP tour laminate, $50 credit at the merchandise stand, a set of three Blackie Lawless 40th anniversary guitar picks, a question and answer session with Blackie with all VIPs after the photos and autographs, Take a photo holding Blackie's original BC Rich Widow bass guitar, stand for photo next to Elvis, that is Blackie's incredibly unique and one-of-a-kind microphone stand, and automatically be entered to win a signed guitar at the end of the tour. That's not bad. Okay. So, you and I have, uh, spoken about these VIP packages and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is, uh, what does this cost?
1: Oh, And I don't know, um, if I had to take you on me, a guess. Yeah. Take
2: a guess. Do you know? I do know. $250. Well, you're just a little shy. Okay. 3
1: 300. Little shy. 500. Not quite. 400. Not quite. 350?
2: 350. Mm. It's a little steep, but okay. So it looks like your show is November 12th. Okay. I think I'm going. It's at the Agora, right? It is at the Agora. Mm. hate that room now, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, I'm checking to see if there are any VIP tickets that you could spend your shekels on.
1: I'm doing an interview with the man. I'm gonna ask point blank. I'm gonna ask the publicist to give me VIP tickets. That's what I'm doing.
2: Um you are in luck because there are VIP tickets meet and greets available. um There are taxes and fees included. <laughs> oh good. For a paltry three hundred eighty nine dollars and ninety eight cents. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I'm either getting comped it or I'm not doing
1: it. Hmm. Ain't gonna lie. I'm. I'm. I'm asking for the comp these days because the tickets are so fucking expensive. (laughs) Right.
2: Um. I'm trying to see what this thirty nine or what is this? This is uh. Uh oh my! So this is this is what this all boils down to. Okay. There is a quote unquote convenience fee. Oh, of thirty three dollars and ninety eight cents. Well, seems then, convenient to me. And then here's a new one. I never even knew there was a cost to this. Okay. There is a will call fee of $6. Oh,
1: good. So you so,
2: so you spend $40 on the convenience
1: of going to will call.
2: Right. So I thought will call was one of those. So you didn't have to get your tickets mailed to you and all this other shit. So yeah. you just go up to the window and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I got some tickets available. Well, that'll mm-hmm. be $6 service charge, sir. oh these you know, cocksuckers at live nation
1: uh, got to make their money back somehow from
2: the well, two years you,
1: that they didn't make any money.
2: Well, well, see, you know, you've been to will call many a time, I'm sure. And you go up to the window with the little, with the little speak through thing through the glass. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then it's got the little bank thing where you stick your ID under there and go, Hey, my name is Chris Aiken. And they go, yeah, it's That'll be $6 for me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I but wonder if that's
1: going to, I wonder if they're going to try and charge us on comp tickets.
2: Hmm. I don't know.
1: Cause if they're going to do that, then I'll be meeting some bands at the bus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so there you are. So if you want to meet the great blackie lawless on this, go around and hold his BC rich and take a picture and ask some questions and get some pics and
0: all that's that shit. It'll
2: cost you uh, just shy of 400 shemoleons to say your ticket, plus your ticket. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plus your ticket to say, hello, blackie mere half a grand. I always wanted to ask you this question. This is a very expensive question, mind you. So please pay attention.
1: Dude, half a grand to see a band that we both saw for about 20 bucks. Mm Mm-hmm are you fucking kidding me just no i love wasp i love wasp sure there's no way
2: would i spend this right so uh apparently blackie is wrapping up 2022 on december 11th in la okay will be the last show for 2022 and then he uh resumes his touring schedule picking it up in march And going over to the U.K. Okay. Uh, Let me see if he's doing any more U.S. dates, according to this.
1: Probably not. I mean, that's the big deal is that he's doing U.S. dates.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he's doing, you know, all the European dates uh, from March through the end of, or through the middle of May. Okay. So. So if you don't get to see wasp this time around, there may not be an opportunity to, for you to see them again.
1: Mhm. Yeah. And then this brings into the whole thing about tracks and everything else. Do you
2: care that he's using tracks? No, because he used them before. So it's yeah. not new. It's not new. Cuz yeah. he he was using tracks all the way back to In the 90s. The 90s. Yeah. Yeah, Kill Fuck Die he was using tracks.
1: Yeah, he was. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what 97
2: that Yeah, it was 97, 98 somewhere around there. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, well, it's still a good show. I mean, obviously Armor Saint.
2: I know they don't use any tracks. Well, I will tell you the the best one of the best package tours and well, actually the three best package tours. Well, two of the two of the three, I guess.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. uh that involved armored saint was armored saint uh you know packaged up with um metal church sure and i saw them at the whiskey and then they packaged up again with queens reich and i saw them here in chicago and they packaged up and now they're packaging up with wasp sure so yeah if you if if you've never gotten into armored saint you, you really need to discover them they're 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 one of those bands they, they weren't huge they got a great catalog uh, they're mm-hmm. just they're just a good solid band
1: yeah yeah i saw them um a few years ago now i guess it's it's since the divorce so within the last decade mm-hmm. i saw them with another great package tour them
2: and saxon yeah was that good. was that was fucking awesome too mm-hmm but, uh, you know, John Bush, you know, he's, he still brings it. He's just mm-hmm. a, a very dynamic singer and, uh, armored Say is just a solid band. I, 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 there's, that's one of those bands that you got to wonder why they weren't bigger.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, they, they were so good and they just, I mean, honestly, I think because their biggest album right after their biggest album, John Bush left and went to anthrax, mm-hmm. you know, cause they were right on the cut. I mean, they had the, I don't want to say the problem, the obvious death of um, Pritchard, you know, right at that time that rain of fire was hitting, you know, and that, that album was huge for them. Or that was like their biggest at that moment. And right then is when he left and went to,
2: went to anthrax that probably hurt them a lot. I'm sure it did, but, but I don't think they were doing anything, you know, that was going to be, that was going to really break the, break the barrier for them at all.
1: Yeah. I don't know, because I, I remember seeing them. That was like when I discovered them, I think was like, I, I was aware of them, but I didn't really know their music, but I remember seeing the rain of fire video on MTV a zillion times and being like yeah these guys fucking rip. <laughs> and next thing I know they were like this guy's in Anthrax now and I was yeah. like yeah, yeah cool. You know. <laughs> so, you know, I I mean I think there's probably that's probably something. Part of it was definitely Metal Blade wasn't big enough at that point to push them put them over the edge, I think. You know, they they were were they they weren't always on Metal Blade, were they? Or were they no, I don't I remember. Think so. no, I think I they were on like Crystalis or something, yeah, weren't they?
2: Yeah, like Crystalis.
1: Yeah. You know, let me see. Armored Saint.
2: I mean, the, the guy who would be the guy to ask for that is our good friend Bob Nalbandian. He's, he's he's the guy. Oh, who, yeah, he would definitely know. He's the guy who worked with them from the very, very early days. Yeah, they were on Chrysalis. Yeah.
1: So. So, yeah, I mean, and that that's probably part of the problem, too, is that label didn't, you know, they didn't know what to do with fucking metal bands. They were trying to push Pat Benatar at that time. That was their big act.
2: And then they got so, Slaughter, right? Chrysalis? I don't think so. Did they? Maybe they did. I don't know. I think uh, Slaughter was on Chrysalis.
1: Were they? Let's see. Slaughter band. Um, let's see. They were on. Yeah, they were good call.
2: See, I know what I'm talking about. Yes. So fuck with my knowledge, pal.
1: Yes. So if I want to know anything about hair bands, I will ask
2: you. <laughs> Hell and Kill caller, You're on the air. Helen Kill, It's Matt in Cincinnati. Hey, what's up? Um, Matt in Cincinnati. Well, I don't know if you read
0: that. I, I sent you that email about the meeting briefing with boss. Um, I thought it was weird. I got that email after the fact. I bought tickets because I bought tickets for a show in Vandalia, Ohio. And I got the email about the meat and greet after the fact. I think someone might have sold him, hey, let's do this. Because I never thought lackey would actually do this type in meat and greet. I just, he seemed like. He didn't want to be involved with that type of thing. But someone sat down and said, hey, you can make X amount of money. And he did it.
2: Well, I, and, and that's what we're talking about. I bought my tickets for the show in December back in January.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm still a little skeptical about going. My tickets were only 39 bucks, which is a great deal, I think. There was no bullshit service fee. because, It was like a $3 fee because Live Nation's not involved. It was an independent promoter, but I'm a little skeptical of the show because I think Armored Saint's going to kill him live. I, I oh, have yeah. no doubt about that. I but agree. The show the stage show has got to be killer for Wasp, and I hate to say it because I feel like such a puss. I got to see the set list, man. I mean, because I'm really skeptical if he's going to play the shit like Jack action and fuck like a beast and all that other no, stuff. No, he's not going to do that.
1: He might be. I think he actually is now. He has
2: to. Doesn't have to. He but to. I
1: think I he doesn't have to, but I think he is.
2: You think he'll he'll relent at like George Lynch and go back and say, Okay, I'm gonna play fuck like a beast this time against my religious beliefs? I
1: I think he has been. Hold on. I'm looking right now. Um buh, buh, buh.
0: last time we'll see him. I do.
1: Um, I think it's the last time he's going to tour.
2: I don't think Blackie is well physically. I think you know if if you ever see pictures of Blackie, he just looks horrible. Not good.
1: Yeah, he's, he looks like know, he melted.
2: Yeah, he's all bloated and stuff, and he just doesn't look well. And Chris and I have have been uh, suspect that he may have suffered some kind of a physical problem, maybe like a heart attack or something, and. You know, uh, could be. be. All right. Here,
1: here's the set list from July 23rd in Sweden. Um, on your knees. So on your knees, that surprises me there, but, uh, inside the electric circus, the real me love machine, crazy, the idol hell. yeah, and I don't need no doctor arena of pleasure. And then the encores are chainsaw. Charlie, great misconception of me and then the second encore is wild child and i want to be somebody so no fuck like the beast no blind in texas no blind in texas not on that show let me check another show Here's, here's july 30th you know so a week later same set
0: well if that's the case i'm gonna be disappointed
2: Disappointed.
1: Oh. Disappointed. Disappointed. Then <laughs> yeah. so, he played He, he played know, September that. He played September 24th at the Monterey, whatever this is, the Monterey Metal Fest or something, somewhere in Monterey, Mexico. And he only played seven tunes, and none of them are any of the good ones. I mean, he played On Your Knees, Inside the Electric Circus, like a mishmash, Real Me, Love Machine, The Idol, Hellion, Wild Child, and I Want to Be Somebody.
0: The other thing is, have you seen the tour schedule? The entire tour, like the, the dates. I have. It's aggressive, man. It is aggressive for his age. How I many he's putting in a row? You know, well, I mean, it's night after night. It's like six six a week. Well, those those
1: backing tracks really uh, save the. Yeah, board. they don't get tired. Those backing tracks don't get tired.
0: <laughs> I know, but still, I I don't know, man. I just I I'm really glad. I'm 54 years old in a way because I saw all these bands in the day. Uh And I'm really skeptical about going to shows with these type of bands because, man, they could really stink. And I'll be disappointed, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. uh, One reason I really wanted to see Iron Maiden one more time, but I saw their fucking set list, it stinks. And the ticket price is insanity. I'm not paying almost 200 bucks. To see made with the shit opener.
1: Yeah. Who's the opener?
0: <laughs> one of the, you know, one of the girl fronted European power metal bands, whatever, whatever one there is. I don't know. Can't remember the name. Cause I'm not a fan. You know, but I mean, they're playing Columbus, Ohio. I looked at tickets, 189 bones. I'm just like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> you know, wow. I mean, I'm thinking, I remember seeing them on Tail Gunner in the 90s with Anthrax open. It was 25 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, how did we get to this point? You know? Yeah, and it, they're, they're it's pretty like ridiculous. They're in their 70s now. You know? Mm-hmm. And I, and I got to fucking look at Yannick Gears, look like a clown. You know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's within well, temptation, by the way. That's who's the opener. That's a chick fronted
0: juicy band, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right?
1: yeah, yeah. They're all actually right. pretty good. They're they're not terrible, but still. They they're they're not they're not gonna help that value of that ticket any.
0: No. Not at all. That's why I'm really I don't really want to. I hope I don't go see Pantera, The Reunion, or whatever they're calling it. Because, man, I used to love to go see Dimebag play Guitar. That was the main reason I went, you know, later on. I saw him probably 12 or 13 times.
2: Is he out of the band I, now?
0: He's <laughs> he, he <laughs> yeah, right.
1: touring with them.
0: Um, I know, but it's just, uh, that's the thing again. I mean, their tickets are going to be insane if they do headline shows on their own. Why would
1: they not do headline shows on their own? <laughs>
0: of course they're going to headline. But I did I I thought I saw something where it's going to be like select festivals and whatever.
1: They're going to do a tour. Yeah. Don't they're, they're not they're not going to do 75 shows, but they're going to do they're going to do 20 30 shows. They're they're going to tour and the tickets you're right, the tickets are going to be $200 a piece. And I will be the one spending five hundred dollars to have first five rows. I'm going. I'm I, I'm I have to see those songs again. I don't give a shit. It's Pantera. I sorta.
0: just have really good I just have really good memories of those shows, man. They were fucking awesome.
1: I do too, you know? but you you know what, dude? I'll go see Pant. That's fine with me. You know, it's not the full thing, but it's good enough and Charlie and Charlie and Zach—that's a good enough. Re- that's a good enough replacement to get me to spend a bunch of money on it.
0: Right. Every time I see or every time I hear Charlie Granato's name, I I think about the segment you guys did about his ex-wife beating the shit out of
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be you different. different. You want to see that? No, I me? will.
1: I to know. to you, I I will I will. I
2: don't give a shit what that ticket costs. I'm going. Well, Pantera brought Chris back from the grave. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I'm going no matter what. They're my favorite band ever. I'm going. It's just that simple.
2: Yeah. Even if Rex Brown is playing, I hate that fucking guy.
1: I don't (laughs) like that guy at all. He's a dick, but whatever. I'm still going. I'll line his pockets.
0: I hear you, man. It's just, I hate standing behind clowns holding up their fucking phones filming. You know, back in the day, it was like if you stood still at a Pantera show, you're getting fucking decked. You know? Well, yeah. I don't. Well, you
1: know that. Unfortunately, we're too old now, dude. I mean, none of us are getting into that mosh pit any. I'm not getting in the mosh pit. Fuck that. No, you're not stuck in the mosh, Chris. No, I'm not, and I won't be. Not anymore. That last one that uh, I went into with seven dust where I almost broke my leg, that was it for me. I was like, all right, I'm officially too old for this shit.
0: Right. All right, uh, you guys are the best. Here you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, we know, Matt. <laughs> Matt, Matt. Back in the day, mm-hmm. back when things were cool, back when things were better, fuck you guys. I don't know about better, but they certainly were cheaper. Uh, <laughs> Good <laughs> that Lord. Is man. That is true. $200 fucking dollars
1: for Iron Maiden. And he's right. That set list has been total dog shit for the Iron Maiden tour.
2: They're, they're going to be here in a couple of days. I'm not going. I mean, I, I you know, again, I I like Iron Maiden, but you know, I could go see them, but I won't.
1: And then, I mean, well, the set list has just been garbage. And look, for, for no reason is it worth $200, but listen to this set list. This is from September 30th. So two days ago or whatever. So this is pretty much what you're getting. Um, you're getting Senjutsu, which is a good tune. Stratego, good tune, not great. The writing on the wall, the Bon Jovi tune that we tore apart here on the show. Uh, Revelations, Blood Brothers, Sign of the Cross, Flight of Icarus, Fear of the Dark, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Number of the Beast, Iron Maiden, uh, and Encore the Trooper, Klansman, Run to the Hills, and Second Encore, Aces High. Fuck that. 15 tunes, $200? Nope. Not for me. The only song in here that's even interesting to me that I haven't seen at least 10 times did I either a have interest in or B haven't seen 10 times the Klansman. It's the only one because it's a, it's a fucking Bailey tune. You know, it's a blaze tune and I I'm interested in hearing that, but you know, what else do I want to hear? Do I really want to hear the writing on the wall live? Not especially you saw blood brothers live. Was that any good?
2: Well, they're going to be here on October 5th, so in four days from now. Mm. boy. Can't wait. So they're going to be here uh, at the United Center. Mm-hmm. So I'm pulling up the tickets just to see what tickets are. Right. All right. See, blah, blah, blah. All right. See, what, see what's available here. Um. Looks like all the... Uh what is available here? Under well cor- according to the to the chart here mm-hmm. the floor tickets are one fifty. Fuck that. 150, you know, all the way up to the stage. Okay. Uh 140 side stage. Oh wait a minute, what is this? Uh I guess these are the sec secondary. Oh, holy shit. So so I'm looking at these side stage tickets up on like the you know, coming up on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm seeing that the tickets on the floor were 150. I believe they're all sold out. Okay. Uh the side stage tickets are 245. Oh, what a bargain. 293, 176. 170, 169, 199, 180, no seats available, 180, 155, 150, 150, 168, 250. That's really weird that the uh, side stage tickets are more than the floor tickets. huh
1: yeah. Probably because the floor tickets got bought by actual people. Yeah. And they ain't selling
2: them. Oh, these are standing room tickets. Oh, no, so nice. SROs. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, so so these are tickets where you just kind of like muddle your way through. Mm-hmm. Uh this section is uh, unreserved general admission. So, so when- sharp
1: elbow gets you to the front.
2: So two 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 seats uh 180 each plus fees so 200 bucks a piece yeah or more. probably more Just stand on the floor with parking a nice
1: even 500 bucks for a pair easily <laughs> fuck that yeah all right dude Let's... i'm done i'm done with the big shows i think i'm i think i'm unless i'm comped i'm not going and all i right. know that fucking incredibly selfish to be that way but fuck them you know, I, I'm I'm helping them sell these fucking tickets. So anymore, I'm not paying it.
2: Right. So I'm looking at section one thirteen, which is up on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, row two. Section one thirteen. Uh, the tickets are three ninety a piece. Why don't you and Sal go? <laughs> Mere grand. So I'm, I'm looking at the tickets and what's available, and and they're kind of sparse. But, uh, those are the prices, yeah,
1: fuck that. I mean, Iron Maiden's still good, but they're not they're not a thousand dollars good. Mm-mm. Fuck no
2: last time I went to see Iron Maiden, they were playing at the allstate arena, and they and bullet for my Valentine was opening up, and i had I had comp tickets uh through right. through the promoter because I was quote unquote supposed to be able to take pictures but, okay. I got there, the envelope that was supposedly for me was Mm -hmm. ripped open and the photo passes were gone. (laughs) Nice. I
1: still remember when I went with MOL and MOL was in the maiden fan club. Yeah. So he went and
2: you were behind a post or something.
1: No, we, we were, we were in the front, but we were, but the stage was like built way up high.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we, we couldn't see anything.
2: Yeah. Cause because we were just looking at a wall.
1: We were in the front row next to the wall. So we couldn't see. The only time we saw anything was when Dickinson came to the edge of the stage and leaned over. <laughs> That's all we saw. all Fucking night was, was Dickinson leaning over the stage. It was the worst. So you felt and like he paid out the ass.
2: So you felt like a Mexican on the Mexican border.
1: It was, yeah, it was bad, man. It wasn't were, good. We're just looking up the wall. Yep. It was crazy, but yeah. that was the last time I saw Maiden or didn't see Maiden as the case may be. Yeah,
2: Legacy of the beast world tour. Well, sounds so, yeah, like a so, fun time for rich people. Yeah. So, well, I, I could go, but, but I, I'm not going to, cause it's just like, uh, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah, just uh, w-
1: where's it worth it? It's not worth it for the tickets. It's not worth the hassle of getting into there and getting out of there. More importantly.
2: Yeah. And it's downtown Chicago. It's a United yeah. center. It's down in fuck the shittiest part of town. It's just like, fuck that. Yep. No, thank you.
1: Yeah. That's I, I was offered dude, even free, even free anymore is not worth it to me. Like I was offered for the maiden show in, in Columbus. I got offered a free ticket to go, and I was like, "I
2: just don't want to do it." Well, uh, again, I went to my fortieth uh, class reunion, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, one of my classmates, she and her husband are going to the Columbus show. Okay. And they got they got very good seats, and he's all excited about it. He's just like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, and we're going to see Maiden in Columbus, man." Mm-hmm. Well, we're,
1: we're jaded too, dude. I mean, we've seen these guys, we've interviewed these guys. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, holy shit. Look who's in front of me moments anymore. True. You know, I, I, I honestly think that's a big part of it with, with us is that, you know, there was a time that being in front of Bruce Dickinson would have been like, holy mother fuck, <laughs> you know? And now it's like, yeah, there he is. He hey, is man. a little fuck, isn't he? You know, yeah. and that's about the extent of it. <laughs> Look at there's, there's Bruce. Yeah. What's cool. up, Bruce? Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we've hung out with him, sat at picnic tables and ate with him. Right. You know, so is it ever going to be exciting again to see Bruce Dickinson? I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, well, well, good. I, I hope the people that are going have a great time, but yeah. you know, I won't be amongst them.
2: I will not be. Sure. So. All right, well let's take a break. Uh is mm-hmm. is is Judge Aiken in the court in the uh chambers tonight. Uh All right, I, I think I think the next segment uh, Judge Aiken needs to make a uh an appearance because we have plenty of Judge Aiken material. <laughs> There has been stuff building up on the docket for Judge Aiken for weeks now, so I think it's time for some Judge Aiken.
1: All right, sounds
2: good to me. All right. Well, uh, since we we're talking about Iron Maiden, uh, I will let you pick an Iron Maiden tune.
1: All right. Uh, I will go with um I'll go with the tune I always pick. I'm going with Passion Dale. All right. From what is that on um the one that looks like a chessboard—is that Dance of Death?
2: Uh, yeah, da- Dance of Death. Yeah, Passiondale. Right. Passiondale. It's a good one for for a for a non traditional Iron Maiden tune. It's a good one.
1: Yeah, can I hear Number of the
2: Beast? Yeah, nope. man. Nope. All right. All right, we're gonna play a few tunes. Judge Aiken is going to be entering the courtroom. Uh, he will be putting his robes on during our break and uh, rule on a few cases that uh, have been pending on, in trial here. Cool. So we need to uh, understand the fate of of these um, malicious lawbreakers. Yes, right, sir. All right. Well, here it is. It's Iron Maiden exclusively here on your classic metal show.